I am convinced that the reason God mandates that we share our faith, and it's not an option, it is the great commission. It is the great commandment. It is being solved. We've been called to ministry reconciliation. It's, it's replete. From Genesis to Revelation, we're told to share our faith, okay? Coming up now, part two of our conversation with car guy, Barry McGuire. Welcome to First Person, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, last week, we heard the personal story of Barry McGuire, president of McGuire's Car Care Products, as he told us how the Lord moved in his life to wake him up spiritually. If you missed us last week, you can listen online at firstpersoninterview.com or use our smartphone app to download the program. This time, we continue the conversation with a bit more about Barry's love of all things cars, but we move on to talk about something even more important, our call to share Christ with people and offer them the message of the gospel, good news. Even as you listen, please take a moment today to learn more about the Far East Broadcasting Company, the sponsor of this program, and thank them at firstpersoninterview.com by signing up to receive a great online devotional. It's at firstpersoninterview.com. As we talk with our guests now, you'll learn about Ignite America, and you can go to our website, firstpersoninterview.com, to learn even more. And my thanks to Moody Radio for the use of their studios as I sat down to talk with Barry McGuire on his recent visit to Chicago. I love the car hobby. I love making cars shiny. Um, I did figure out 40 years ago, though, when I get to heaven, it's not going to matter how many bottles of car wax I sold. So I do have my priorities straight. And I love God with all my heart. I honor him. And he comes first in everything, of course. Yeah. But I love cars. Yeah. It's a great Why hobby. can't I get my cars to look like your cars do? I, that's what I want to know. <laughs> you must have some secret. In, is it in the wrist? What, what? Uh, it's, it's all in the wrist. Okay. It's all in the wrist. Absolutely. Um, and one more car story before we go on to more important things. But... Um, you hinted at a story one time to me off air about a car that had a connection with your grandfather's era. Yeah. Yeah. 1901 is when oh, he started a, the it's company. It's amazing. My grandfather, who loved the Lord and, and, and was inspired by God, everything he did, started our business in 1901 in Evansville, Indiana. Not a lot of cars in, at that time. So he didn't make a, a car wax. He made a furniture polish. Oh. And uh, he was focused. He was obsessed, quite frankly, with creating a perfect reflection on black lacquer furniture. Okay. Yeah, which is the hardest thing to do, right? Yeah. But as it happened, uh, he, he grew up in Tennessee and Kentucky, but God moved him to Indiana, Indiana, got this idea. It just happens that over half of all the horses carriage manufacturers in the United States were in Indiana, and they all painted their horses' carriages with black lacquer. So he was in the right place at the right and time. So without his permission, people started using his furniture polish on, on the carriages, and his furniture polish became a carriage polish. And yeah. I look at it. In, in 1901, he became famous for creating a perfectly clear finish on black paint. And, in, and now, 2017, we are most famous. If we're famous for anything, it's creating a perfect finish on yeah. black paint. Everybody so, knows a black car is the hardest yes, car to exactly make look right. good. So, so I'm honoring my grandfather well and what he started. I've tried to stay close to his same dream and level yeah. of performance of products. But the, bad, but, the, but the funny story, the great story is this. I mean, Karen, I thought, you know, we need to get a 1901 car. It says, our, our logo says McGuire since 1901, but nobody really pays any attention to it. We need to get a 1901 car. So people say, wow, a 1901? You started 1901? <laughs> so we found one. And it was at an RM auction in Phoenix, Arizona, going on the same time as the Barrett-Jackson auction was going on in Scottsdale. 
And I had friends uh, who, uh, they said they would call me when the car came up. I looked at it. It was a Duryea, 1901 Duryea. I don't know anything about Duryea. I don't know if it's a French car. I don't know. It's just a 1901 yeah. car and I want it. And I, I told them my range. I'm not going to go above this range. Well, they call me and they said, okay, the car is like three cars away. Wait a minute. I can't get there that fast. <laughs> well, we've been trying to call you, but you haven't answered your phone. It's the going noise. across the auction block. Yeah, I was going across the auction block. Okay. By the time we get there, they bought the car. They paid more for it than we would have paid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're out in the garage. And the number one collector in United in in the world, Ebert Laumann. And you know all these people. The, this yeah. guy is is I love this guy. This guy is just his 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 museum with his cars is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It's in the Hague. It's on the same grounds with the palace where the Queen lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is just amazing. I've seen that on your TV show. Yes, we yeah. had our TV show. Mm-hmm. So he walks up. He says he, he walked in to buy the car. It had just sold. He, he, he was intending to buy that car, and he was so upset. He came up to the garage. Who bought this car? You beat him to it. And he said, well, Barry bought it. Barry, you bought this car? Well, I'm not into those kind of cars. I'm, I'm more, you know, American, uh, what, later yeah, model cars, yeah. you know, 50s cars or uh-huh. whatever. I'm kind of a hot rider and whatever. <laughs> and I got this 1901 He said, oh, you bought it? I said, yeah. He walks around, it, and he's just, he's animated. He's looking down, he's bending over. He's quite tall, and he's bending over. He said, I'm so jealous. <laughs> and I think that this guy can have anything, wow. any car in the world. He's jealous of my little, it's a little carriage car. You know, it's a uh-huh. cute little thing. He says, you know how special this car is? All I know is it's a 1901 Duryea made, I don't know where, but it's a 1901 car. I said, well, it's a 1901 car, but do you know how special it is? He says, you know why it has three cylinders? Well, cars don't have three cylinders. No, that's an odd number. You have a single cylinder. You have yeah. two for it to, be, to, right. to stop vibration. Yeah. You don't have a three-cylinder car. It has three cylinders. I said, yeah, what's that all about? He looks at me. He knows I'm a Christian. He looks at me with this incredulous look. He says, Barry, you don't know why it has three cylinders? I said, I, I have no idea. Why, well, why, why do I have three cylinders? He says, you know they were Christians. <laughs> I said, who, who was Christian? The Duryea brothers. He said, they called themselves Trinitarians. I said, what? Are you telling me? <laughs> oh, no. Are you telling me for the Trinity? Yes. Three they, cylinders. They represent three cylinders <laughs> represent the Trinity. He said, you saw the fish in the side, right? And I had carved into the wood of the side of the, of the low carriages is a fish. And I said, yeah, I couldn't figure that one out either. He looks at me like... Barry, like you of all people, right? You would know, you don't understand the sign of the Christians, the early Christians, the fish. I said, oh my goodness. He walks up to me and he says, I can't begin to say as patiently as he said it. Yeah. But it was my best rendition of it. Do you not realize that this is the only car ever made to honor God? Oh my goodness. The only car. This is the best collector in the world. He knows a hobby. There's nobody that knows cars like, he says, the only car in the world ever made to honor God. And we Fabulous got it. story. And we didn't even know it. Love it. Is that Love cool it. or what? Yeah, you're never going to get rid of that one. So are you? <laughs> we, we commemorate my, my, my grandfather starting our, our company in 1901, but more importantly, yeah. We have the only car that was ever made out of yeah. God sitting in our ministry. You know, it's like, is God good story. or what? I just love this it's, story. It's crazy. All it's right. Crazy. Now, since our last conversation three years ago, I mean, it's been three years. Yeah. And you haven't lost any of your passion, any oh, of no. your energy. It's it better every day. Why? It's better every How? day because I got new miracles yesterday. You know, huh. every day is a miracle. Every day is 
more powerful. And we know where that comes from. And we know where that's coming from. He said, you know, when the last parable we gave about the parable of the fig tree, when you bear fruit, my joy will remain with you Mm -hmm. and your joy remain full. Why Mm -hmm. am I full of joy? People say, why are you smiling so much, Barry? (laughs) How much time you got? (laughs) Can I tell you? Yeah. And I started sharing story after story after story after story after story about sharing God's love with them. And and the world doesn't know God loves them. Most of them don't know that. Mm. And they're hurting. The world's hurting. Mm. The world is hurting. America is a post-Christian society. Most people don't know God. They say they do, but they don't. I know you've done a lot of study of where we are spiritually. We'll we'll get 70% say they're Christian, but they're not. Less than 20% go to church. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you're going to go to church. So, so. when you personally share the joy of Christ, yeah. it energizes you. Oh, there, there's there's value absolutely. back to you. I, I am convinced that the reason God mandates that we share a faith, and it's not an option, it is the Great Commission. Yeah. It is the great commandment. It is being sold. We've yeah. been called to the ministry of reconciliation. It's, it's replete. From Genesis to Revelation, we're told to share our faith, okay? Yeah. What did you say at lunch today? Either we can say it's not true, which isn't a good idea to tell God it's yeah, not true. Yeah. Or we, we can, can disobey. Say, we just don't want to, want to disobey. Or, or we, we can, can do say, realize, okay, God, I guess I, I need to do it. And that's yeah. where we come in and we'll, we, we'll help you. But but the fact of the matter is that that scripture in John 15 11 says, when, when you bear fruit, my joy will remain with you and your joy will remain full. So why are we so long faced about it and oh, say, oh, I got to do this again? You know, it, it's a failing in the church. It is. It really is. I mean, we're not, we're not sending. Pastors are supposed to send us. How are they going to go? First off, the, the fields are white for harvest, gold mm-hmm. for harvest, ready for harvest. When Always they're white, been, it's right. like we're, we're, we're going to lose the crop. Yeah. So they're white for harvest, 86% of the unchurched would like to believe there's a God, don't believe, but would like to believe they know the world's going crazy, but less than 1% of us are sharing our faith. Hmm. So uh, the laborers are few. And the church is being, tra- the, the salt, we're supposed to be salt. Salt changes the environment. Yeah, We're not changing our environment, it's changing us. So the salt now is being trodden down in the foot of man. All the scriptures that we know, they're right before us. And you say they're that right with great there. love for the church. I, I'm a church man. I love my pastor. I've always loved my pastor. I volunteered. I've served on the boards and ushered and done all that stuff. But collect, and there's a lot of great pastors doing wonderful things. Thank God for them. But we look at the numbers and we see the church is, is in free fall. Less than 20% of our population still goes to church just twice a month or more. Less than 20. And of those, only half are saved. We're entertaining people. We're not getting people saved. I mean, when's the last time you saw an altar call? Yeah. I mean, you know, and we never want to talk about Satan. Mm. Oh, let's don't talk about Satan. That'll scare people. That'll drive people away. It's not politically correct inside the church now to talk about Satan and hell. But guess what? Just, just like, you know, we tell our kids, you do this, I'll do that for you. But if you don't, if you do that, I'm going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ground you. Mm-hmm. If I want to make it really scary, I say, I'll ground you for a month. <laughs> I'm going to ground you for a year. You know, <laughs> you know the, the, we're programmed that way. And God's given us free choice. Yeah. And, and he says, there's hell or there's heaven. He does everything he can to get us into heaven. But there is hell. When you don't know that hell's there, we don't know how horrible it is. And the scriptures are very clear on that. When we don't know that Satan is the deceiver, he comes in, he corrupts us. And God's given him the ability to do that. He actually says he's the ruler of, of, the, of the world. We need he's to take it seriously. Him. That is serious. And so yeah. we now have, you know, most people are not believers. And so if they're not believers, they're open to Satan's lies. And they're defenseless. 
And that's why we have people passing all these laws and you hear them on, on TV at night and they're proclaiming these. They don't even make sense. They're just, they're so confused and they're mad and they're angry. They're lost. They're lost. But we have the solution. And, and why are they lost? It's not their fault. They're lost. They're doing what people in darkness do. And we're sitting, our, we're shaking our fists at them. They're horrible people. No, God loves them. We can't hate them. I don't care how despicable they sound. How are they going to know unless we tell them and we've stopped telling them? And you and I both know we're, 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 that's the big issue today. We have to mobilize the church, and really the only force in America can do that is Christian radio. More from Barry McGuire and his passion for the gospel coming up on today's edition of First Person. I'm Ed Cannon of the Far East Broadcasting Company. As you listen to First Person, please take a few moments to visit our website and learn more about FEBC. At firstpersoninterview.com, you can sign up without obligation for a free daily online devotional that will inspire you with stories and scripture telling how God works through our broadcasts in many countries. Learn more and sign up for our 30-day devotional at firstpersoninterview.com. My guest is Barry McGuire. You know him as McGuire Car Care Products. We know him as Revival Outside the Walls. Mm. And now for <laughs> Ignite America, a brand new website. We'll talk about the website more in just a moment. But just before the break, you you uh, had something to say about Christian Radio's role in all this. Well, I tell you, there's, there's no other force in America that has the ability. I mean, you recognize the percentage of – there's 35 million Christians mm-hmm. – that are really in the word and seeking God. That's largely the Christian audience that comes to Christian radio. It's not yeah. the it's a nominal Christian. About ten percent of the U.S. population. Exactly right. Ten yeah. percent of the U.S. population is that, and and they're the low hanging fruit. And I and I say that admirably because I'm, what I'm saying is they're so close. Hmm. They're so close mm-hmm. to being igniters of revival. They have all the knowledge. They have it all. But, but Christians today are largely taught about your actions speak louder than your words. So people get saved. They live in the church. They live in their communities. They're the pillars of their communities. They're doing all kinds of wonderful things. Um, and, and they're living a godly life, so that should be enough. But they don't connect God with it. Yeah. And so Bob, he's just a great guy. Don't you love Bob? Yeah. And he's so generous. He's a kind guy. And, and we feel, really, oh, they think I'm kind and good. And, you know, I'm living a righteous life. I'm a, I'm a good person. You Which know? is a form of us bringing attention to ourselves well, rather it, than it to is, Jesus, it is, isn't it? It's called yeah. self-righteousness. Yeah, and that's right. what it is. And most Christians are in there thinking it's godly. But it's not because being good doesn't get us to heaven. And our being good doesn't get anybody else to heaven. Yeah. It's, it has to be the cup of cold water. Whatever we do, we have to attach Jesus to it. Yeah, I like what you say. that We need to connect our good works with Jesus yeah, and let it be to. known that it's Jesus. Absolutely. It's so easy to do. Works. I mean, it's easy to let people know without being offensive. Yeah. Tell, just, me, tell me a story about that. I mean, I, you do this. Yeah. And you're modeling how to do this for us many times. <laughs> so, I mean, and you do it naturally. I mean, it's, you don't force this in any oh, way. Oh, I don't force it. I, I qualify people immediately. I don't ask them, do you go to church? Are you a Christian? I don't ask that. It's offensive. But, okay. I, but I do ask it. You know how I ask it? How? By, by mentioning something about my pastor or my church. I'll oh. say, oh, after church on Sunday, we went to this great restaurant. It's so great. I just told them that I'm a Christian. I go to church. Now, uh-huh. if they're a Christian, they will always, always, always say, oh, that. you're a Christian. Yeah. Where do you go to church? Yeah. Because it's hard to find somebody going to church anymore. Yeah. 
So if they're going to church, they want to know where you go to church. If they say nothing, now you know. I've just qualified them. I know they're not in church. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now they add, they're on my list. Okay. <laughs> so the, I call it my QC program. First, I qualify them. Okay. And secondly, I see for chumming. And when I, I, I live on the West Coast and go deep sea fishing and you chum, you throw out bait. Yeah. And so I'm throwing out bait all the time, but I've got it down to a science and I, I talk about it on our website. But you, you can't force people into Christianity. You can't force feed them. So you just throw them little nibbles and then get off the subject real quick. I used to throw out a nibble, you know, say something about God. God isn't God good? And then wait for their reaction. And I know what was going through their mind. I could see it in their eyes. There he goes with that God thing again. Mm-hmm. I hate it when he does that. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I, I walk outside with guys. We just, we're going out to lunch. I, oh man, what a beautiful, thank you God for this great day. Hey, did you see that shot of the Lakers last night? That was a clinch. And you go immediately. So you haven't offended them. They're not having time to be offended, but they know you have a God consciousness. Yeah. And you just keep throwing out little tidbits. I went to lunch after or whatever, or my pastor told the funniest story inside. This is really great. You know, it really fits. It's amazing how something a little like that can you lead can just, to an open up a conversation. And, well, yeah. And, and it just lets them know, keep your mind, this guy goes to church. He's a Christian, but he's a really cool guy. Yeah. I like hanging out with him. He's not offensive, not bother right. me. But also you can take the next step when you, when you feel comfortable and say, Do you, God loves you. God, hey, God bless you. You have a great day. Mm-hmm. And everybody is needing love today. Everybody is in travail today. Everybody's hurting today. Yeah, that's true. And it doesn't take much to get them to invite you into their life. It's really amazing. When you say, hey, you don't, you, are you all right? You don't look, oh, I'm having this in my son just went off and said, oh, man, I tell you what, I'll pray for you. Oh, thank you. In fact, I could pray for you right now. You know, I've never offered to pray for somebody had them turn me they down. never do it, Ever. do they? No. Ever. When they're hurting, yep. it's just amazing. Yep. And I did it terribly, you know, yep. but over a period of time. Maybe they don't want to be you, impolite, you, you, but still yeah, they let you pray yeah. for them. Sure. But, but it's like anything else, you know. Well, this is what you do out of your love for Christ. I mean, yeah. God has positioned you, and, and but it's not enough for you just to keep this to yourself. Hmm. You're, you're challenging no. us. No to do the same, and you've set up this website. Tell us about Ignite America. Well, uh, right quick, I had a number of things. I, I was thinking I should go into full-time ministry, and a guy walked in my office right after I asked God, you want me to go into full-time ministry? He walks yep. in my office unannounced, yep. listens to me for a few minutes, talk about sharing my faith, and he said, well, God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? He said it with enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, the people you're reaching, a pastor couldn't reach, but as a layman, you can. We talked about this yep, last so, time. Mm-hmm. Then, then the next step was 24 years later. You know, I didn't talk to David for 24 years. I didn't know this part. And and he says, I have a word for you from the Lord. And the prayer of Jabez had just come out, that book. And he said, have you ever read this book? I'd never heard of it. At that moment, it just come out. Within three months, I think everybody in the Christian world <laughs> yeah, read it, right. but I hadn't heard it. But he had, he said, somebody gave me this book in the weekend. And, and as I read it, God spoke to me and said, go back to Barrytown. I'm going to enlarge his territory to give me more glory, and I'm going to give him a ministry separate apart from his business. Mm-hmm. And the next seven years, our 100-year-old family business went berserk and growth. I laughed. I mean, it was all kinds of pressure. You grow business that fast, there's all kinds because of pressure. Because you knew what God was up to. But I knew what God was up to, and I just laughed at God. I've run as fast as I can to keep up with you. Just, you're just amazing. But I also knew he was going to give me a business separate apart, and that's what we had, revival outside the walls. Yeah. But Ignite america.com is a whole nother level is it for people who are listening today or is it it for all of us yes indeed the basic premise is that people are not sharing their faith they don't even know they should share their faith and they've never listened to anybody that shares their faith nothing excites me about sharing my faith more than listening to somebody else a layman that's sharing their faith Mm -hmm. i hear their stories Mm -hmm. i had one layman do that to me changed my life forever Mm -hmm. and ever since that time in 1976 
I've been wanting to have that same be yeah. a layman in other yeah. people's yeah. lives. Yeah, well, it's happening, believe me. Uh, came down, we have these wonderful, uh, well, I shouldn't call it wonderful, but I did these Ignite one-minute uh, segments that Moody is so good at airing. But but we realized we're not going to change the paradigm of the church with one-minute segments aired a couple of times a day. On radio. The church, mm-hmm. we have 35 million people that are so close it has so much impact, and, and as you and I talked earlier, every one of us, of us 35 million, we have influence over each one of us, at least 10 people that are not saved. Well, 10 times 35 million is 350 million. We have more than enough influence to to Christianize America. We're just not using it. We're just not doing it. We're doing 1% of us is doing it. So mm-hmm. how, do, how do we change that paradigm? The church can do it, and a lot of churches are doing it. But on the, on the whole, they're not. And we're building programs for the church, but that's a long, drawn-out process. Yeah. Christian radio can do it like yeah. that yeah. by by proclaiming it every day. Rebellion has to do with resisting an authority that's come on you. We've had a spiritual authority of the worst kind coming on mm-hmm. onto us, and our non-believing population now has no defense against mm-hmm. it. And we've sat by and on our hands and complained, but done nothing about it. Yeah. And thinking evangelism is for somebody else. It's not. It's the Great Commission. So how does, do. how does Ignite America work uh, for the listener who wants to look at that website? And what, what are they going to get from it? Well, you go on there first off and you sign up. Right now, uh, you can go to it. You can look at it. Sign, you can opt out anytime. You'll never be asked for money. We're never going to share your information. Okay. Uh, so You're you, not going to data mine. We're not going to data mine. Yeah. All, you're free from all that. But But you do give us your name. You give us your address, your zip code, so we know where you're at. Give us your business, um, your your special interests, you know. Mm-hmm. So now you dial in. Say you're a single mom. Yeah. Okay, single mom's probably the most disenfranchised yeah. part of our uh, – right. and yet there's single moms all over the United States that are using their pain to win people to the Lord. I mean, it's amazing. So encouraging each other. So you can go on there if you're a teacher and you're sharing your faith – you can start talking to teachers all over America. They're sharing their faith okay. in the classroom. You could start now. We start dying. There's nothing more exciting than having two Christians that are both sharing their faith. Yeah. You can't believe what happened yeah. yesterday, yeah. you know? Right. So now we're providing an outlet. Once that happens, you want to tell it. And we all get courage from those stories. And we get courage from those stories. As soon as it happens, you go on and you post it. You can do it by video or just by voice. But you say, you won't believe what just happened to me. And other people that are teachers, they say, wow, I could do that too. That's so encouraging. All of a sudden, they say, we're really doing it. Yeah. We're igniting revival across America. Is this cool or what? And then our broadcasters who are really at the center of it all, we're just facilitating. It's not promoting Barry McGuire, not promoting our ministry. It's a standalone ministry. It's a tool for broadcasters to use to support, to bring together, bring community to people, not just Christians, not just radio listeners, but people are in the game actively sharing their faith. Yeah, I and love so it. we give all the scriptures that, that make it very clear. You have to share your faith. And we give the three questions. You know, you can say, God, I don't care if you say it. I'm not going to do it. Or you can say, God, I know you want to do it, but uh, I'm going to disobey you. I'm not going to do it. Or you can say, okay, I guess I have to do it. If you, if you know you have to do it, then we take you from there all the way through. First steps, how to do it easy, how to have fun, how it just becomes a, a way of life and how God brings you, put a bounce in your step every day. Can't wait to see how God uses and, it. I'm, I'm just excited just, about this. So igniteamerica.com. Yeah is the most important thing I've done in my life. Hmm. I think my whole life has been prelude to this point to make it happen. And in my dying days, I'm going to be just as focused and just as joyful and just as excited about leading people to Jesus. Move everybody every day closer to Jesus. And what better goal than that to characterize a life? My thanks to Barry McGuire for the conversation today. 
Both what you heard just now, as well as last week's conversation, which Barry tells the backstory of his spiritual drive, are available for listening online at firstpersoninterview.com, or you can download them using our smartphone app. Share the link of these interviews with others who you think might enjoy what you've heard. And then also at firstpersoninterview.com, you'll find links to Ignite America, where you can sign up and be encouraged in sharing your faith with others. One feature of our website is a free online devotional from the Far East Broadcasting Company, giving you a glimpse of what God is doing in many countries as the gospel is proclaimed. Sign up for the devotional at firstpersoninterview.com. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. We'll see you next time for First Person.